your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Thursday's edition of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast, June 10th, 2021. Your boy Q here with you, finally back at the home studios and excited to be back at home. I'll tell you, even though I was excited to be in Cali in Fresno with little Q watching his uh, graduation and seeing his National Letter of Intent ceremony and just spending a couple days with him, it was great to be on the road. But I'll tell you, man, there's nothing like being back at home. And so glad to be back in the home studios, ready to rock and roll on another episode of of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up on today's show, segment number three, calls and texts straight out that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. That is the number you can send a call or you can send a text or you can leave a call. Three minutes is the maximum. Once three minutes hits, boom, it's going to hang up on you just like that. So you got to get out quick, fast, and in a hurry. Coming up in segment number two, multiple players from the Raiders talk to the media on Wednesday. I have a few of the breakdowns from it. I got like a couple quotes from each player. Defensive tackles Solomon Thomas, cornerback Casey Hayward, running back Kenyon Drake, and wide receiver John Brown all met with the media, and you will hear from them coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, news in the notes of the day, as I always do, so let's go ahead and jump right into it. Off top, the Raiders made another addition to the roster, and they signed a cornerback to get their numbers back to the 90-man roster. They were sitting at number 89. Once they signed this defensive back, they got their numbers back to 90 as far as the roster goes. They signed free agent defensive back Belidi Ray Wilson. Wilson is six foot one, 190 pounds. He joins the Raiders after spending the last five seasons with the Falcons. And then before that, he spent the first three years in the league with the Tennessee Titans. He was drafted, actually, by Tennessee in the third round in 2013. He's been in 75 games, made 17 starts over his first eight years in the league. Uh, his career totals, 132 tackles, four interceptions, 28 passes defense, one forced fumble. He's also been in two postseason games with the Falcons back in 2017. Uh, Ray Wilson appeared in 41 games. Games and made three starts during his time with Atlanta, uh, setting career highs in games played with 15 and interception with three in his final season with the team in 2020. So there you go. Belidi Ray Wilson, now a member of the Silver and Black, uh, obviously a seasoned veteran. He's a guy that's going to go in there and compete for some roster spot as far as the uh, training camp goes and mandatory minicamp next week. Excited about that. But again, the Raiders are doing a lot of that. You're seeing a ton of turnover right now on the roster. They're bringing a lot of guys in because they can right now. While you're allowed to have 90 men, why why not go ahead and make sure you maximize that, have as many guys as possible, have as many guys that you know have been there, done that a little bit in the league, and uh, can provide a little bit of a veteran leadership on this very, very young team, and just go out there and compete. I don't think, believe Ray Wilson's going to be a guy that's going to make the roster, but who cares? He's going to be a guy that's going to go out there, take some snaps from some of the veterans, just to go ahead and get some you know reps in, and, and go ahead and so make sure these guys aren't like overworked and stuff. So I, I just think it makes a lot of sense. We'll see what he does, but at at the end of the day, it really makes you feel better, at least makes me feel better, that the Raiders are not overlooking anybody. They're overturning every single stone, seeing what's underneath it, seeing what kind of player may be there, seeing if that guy can fit in with their team. And so that's what it is when it comes to Belidi Ray Wilson. Uh, he's a veteran in the leagues, now signed with the Silver and Black. Also found something pretty interesting from Pro Football Focus, and I know I say it all the time, they are not the end-all, be-all. But they put out a piece, a little bit of a graphic about offensive play callers. And this is Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. He put this out on Wednesday talking about best offensive play callers. Matt LaFleur, 
he was ranked number one. Brian Dayball, ranked number two. Andy Reid, ranked number three. And here you go. Raiders head coach John Gruden, ranked number four, followed by Joe Brady, number five, and Byron Leftwich, number six. And it's not too often that John Gruden gets somewhat of props. You know what I mean? When it comes to the media, comes the rankings, comes to talking about him as a head coach, he doesn't really get a lot of props. But Pro Football Focus gave him the fourth highest offensive play calling ranking. I thought that was pretty cool. He's right between Andy Reid and Joe Brady. Joe Brady's a guy who I know he's offensive coordinator in Carolina right now. He's the guy who's going to be a head coach soon. If he has a decent season, especially if he's able to turn Sam Darnold around this year in Carolina and really start to make him a player, he's going to be a head coach by the end of next offseason. So he came in number five, and Andy Reid, and we all know as fans of the AFC West and as fans of the Raiders, we all know how good Andy Reid is as far as play calling goes and the way he's constructed that team and put everything together. And yes, Eric Bieniemy does a lot of work as well as far as offensive play calling goes, but it's Andy Reid's baby. I mean, he's the guy who puts everything together. He's the glue to make everything go. So to see John Gruden come in between Andy Reid and Joe Brady, I think that's pretty stinking good. Matt LaFleur from Green Bay, got to give him a lot of props, even though we all know the situation going on in Green Bay. Brian Dayball with the Bills. Well, of course, they just had Josh Allen, who was a damn near a league MVP, and Buffalo really made some big-time moves. Uh, Andy Reid and the Chiefs, they were in the Super Bowl. Joe Brady and the Panthers, obviously, they got a lot way to go. And then Byron Leftwich in Tampa Bay. They won the Super Bowl. So John Gruden's in some good company right there. I do think he's a really good play caller. I do think he has a really good system. Yes, does it get uh, predictable at times? Absolutely. I think every Raider fan will tell you it gets predictable at times when he's kind of strapped for the you know w- for what he's got to do. I mean, there's certain situations you're like, okay, I know exactly what play is coming. But I think that given the personnel, given the opportunity, I do think John Gruden could be really, really good. And I think Pro Football Focus recognizes that as well as they have him ranked number four. Another little nugget I wanted to bring to the show today had to do with the Raiders and vaccinations. And this comes from Vinny Bonsignor from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Of course, he's on Raider Nation Radio 920 as well. I do believe I'll be on his show a little bit later on this afternoon. I think 5 o'clock Pacific Standard Time is when I'm going to jump on with him. I'm not 100% sure, but make sure you check out for that. But it's funny, he was talking about vaccinations. And we talked about vaccinations uh, quite a bit on this show. I've talked about the fact that the NFL really wants everyone, is trying to urge everyone, coaches and players, to get vaccinated. Vaccinated. And it's so funny because I talk about that and I've seen some people when they do a review on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. And if you go to, you know, the Apple podcast app on your phone, if you have an iPhone, you go to your uh, your app and you go all the way down, you scroll all the way down to the bottom. You could actually leave a, a comment and you could rate the, the podcast. And I'm not telling you to do that. I know a lot of people say, hey, go rate me. Give me five stars. If you want to do that, great. But I've actually seen some people say that, oh, yeah, Q show is OK but he's too political. And it makes me laugh because I'm thinking, wait a minute, I'm not political at all. Like that's one of those subjects I don't talk about, but I have talked about vaccinations and I have talked about the fact that I've been vaccinated. And I have talked about the fact that the league wants players and they want coaches. They want everyone to be vaccinated, but they can't force anyone to be vaccinated. So it's so funny how things shake out. And when you suggest it, or when you even talk about it, in a a matter that has to do with the team or the NFL, all of a sudden you get lumped in with that. And it's so crazy how that's, that's what the climate is right now, but you know, it is what it is. So Long story short, the Raiders, and uh, and this is something that Vinny Bonsignor, he, uh, he put out on Twitter, the Raiders and COVID-19 and their vaccinations, they are really, really one of the better teams in the league. Uh, Vinny put out a tweet saying, FYI, on Raiders and COVID-19, source familiar with the situation indicated the team might be the best in the league 
in terms of players being vaccinated and that the entire coaching staff has been vaccinated. So the other day I mentioned that there was four assistant coaches on different teams that were refusing to get vaccinated and they were going to lose their tier one and tier two uh, privileges and not be able to work hand in hand with the coaches. Well, the one thing you could be sure about Raider Nation is the Raiders are not that team. They're not one of those teams. So that's a great thing. All their coaches have been vaccinated. All their coaches are tier one, tier two guys now. They can make sure that they have daily contact with these players. It's not a big deal. And it also sounds like a lot of these players have been vaccinated as well, so they don't have to be COVID-tested all the time, don't have to worry about uh, contact tracing, all that good stuff. It just makes a lot of sense for the position that the players and coaches are in that they go get it done. But again, I'm not telling anyone what to do. (laughs) I'm not telling anyone what to do. I did it for me. You do what you got to do for you. That's on you. Ain't got nothing to do with me. But I did think that was an interesting nugget from uh, Vinny, so I wanted to pass that along. And that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, you're going to hear a little bit of the breakdown, a little sound bites from defensive tackle Solomon Thomas, cornerback Casey Hayward, running back Kenyon Drake, and wide receiver John Brown. They all met with the media on Wednesday. You'll hear from them next here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Before I get into that, though, I want to tell you about a couple great sponsors, and the first one is Stat Hero. Did you know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? It is really that surprising. The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts, who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. So this is where Stat Hero comes in. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Simple as this. Stat Hero actually shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. Your name, your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You're in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it is meant to be, one-on-one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free, and right now, you can get three times back on your first play they're giving you a 300% match that's unheard of go to stathero.com slash locked on that's stathero.com slash locked on I also want to tell you about rockauto.com and you know damn well I've been telling you about rockauto.com for a very very long time they're a family business they've been serving auto park customers online for 20 years over 20 years go to rockauto.com shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers and they got everything Engine parts, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet, you need it, they got it. Doesn't matter if your car is a classic or a daily driver, everything you need is a few easy clicks away and the parts are delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com catalog is unique, super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. You choose the brands, you choose the specifications, and most importantly, you choose the prices you prefer. That's right. The prices at rockauto.com are super low and the same for professionals as it is for do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. Check out the parts for your car or truck. And while you're there, in a box that said, how'd you hear about us? Right, Locked On Raiders Podcast. That's how they know that I sent you and I'm doing my job. Great selection, great low prices. All the parts your car is ever going to need, rockauto.com. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to break down a little bit of the media sessions. Players met with the media on Wednesday following their OTAs there in Henderson, and a few of the players met with the media. Defensive tackle Solomon Thomas, cornerback Casey Hayward, running back Kenyon Drake, and wide receiver John Brown. So I went through it. It was probably about 35, maybe 40 minutes worth of really good audio. A lot of good questions and a lot of good answers, but I just went ahead and grabbed a couple that I thought were really, really good and I want to bring it to the table. So you're going to hear the breakdown of some of these guys' media sessions on Wednesday. So let's go ahead and start on the defensive side of the ball, and let's start with defensive tackle Solomon Thomas. He was the first one up with the media, and of course he's a new booty to the Raiders, signed that one-year deal coming over from the 49ers. He was a former uh, number one draft pick or first round draft pick, number I think three overall with San Francisco, and never really kind of panned out to be the guy that he was expected to be. But he's with the Raiders. He's on a one-year deal. He's coming off a tour. ACL and his expectations to go ahead and make an impact are really, really high. So one of the first questions asked to him was about defensive coordinator Gus Bradley and his defense and what were his thoughts. Here he is. Yeah, no, I love Coach Bradley. You know, he's awesome. You know, he's full of energy, um, amazing guy, and you know, amazing person um, and an amazing coach. You know, the way he's able to describe the defense and teach the defense to us is incredible. Um, breaking it down real, making it real understandable for everyone, available for players to come to him and, and ask him for help and un- try to understand why we're calling this defense what are the other things that can happen when we call this defense so um, you know Gus has been great and, and I, I've been loving my teammates so far you know we have a great team out here we have a young hungry team you know a team who wants to be great you know you know, I'm, I'm really impressed with the team and how detailed this team is and how young they are um, and how much you're buying into Coach Gruden how much you're buying into the coaching staff and just the camaraderie around here you know uh, the D-line's close and you know I love that about them and I uh, can't wait to play with them and be with them every day now I'll tell you man and I could probably go on a whole nother rant or a conversation about this uh, I I know that this is, you know, it's OTAs and Solomon Thomas is a guy who just signed a one-year deal with the Raiders, so he's a free agent coming into the team. He's not a guy that they drafted and he's just been around for three or four years. It's so crazy how you hear so many players sound so high and so positive on the Raiders and how excited they are to play for John Gruden, even though the big narrative, and I say that in air quotes, you can't see me, but I'm putting up the air quotes right now. The big narrative is nobody wants to play for the Raiders. They're a joke of an organization. John Gruden's a joke. His coaching staff's a joke. It's always the big story is that the Raiders are a joke. You know what I mean? But you hear all of these players, and they always just rant and rave about how much they enjoy playing for John Gruden and the culture that he's built there. So we've had these conversations before on the podcast about the culture. Uh, do I think that there's some things that need to be you know fixed and, and improved? Absolutely. But I think that that's everyday walk of life. You could always improve yourself, and I think that every Every organization can improve themselves. But for the most part, when you hear that narrative about nobody wants to play for the Raiders or as soon as they leave or get cut or get released, they're so happy and all this. And I know that came up when Arden Key and Mo Hurst got released. Don't believe the hype, man. Act like public enemy, man. Don't believe the hype. That is more of a, I think that's just an easy narrative to go ahead and throw out there to the media. I don't believe that that's real. Now, going back to what he had to say about defensive coordinator Gus Bradley and his defense and the fact that he was excited about it, I think it's cool that a lot of these guys, even though it's early on, are understanding the defense, which again goes back to what we've been talking about for quite a while, that once Gus Bradley signed on to be the defensive coordinator, he was going to simplify things so guys can just go out there and play. And every guy that's talked about Gus Bradley and the defense, that's why I keep playing audio sound bites from defensive players talking about specifically him and the defense and how, yeah, they're understanding it. 
that's a big deal. You've got to be able to understand what you're doing so you can go out there and execute at a high level. So I think that that's really, really important. Also, Solomon Thomas was asked about the rookies. Have there been any rookies that have really stood out to him? Here he is. I definitely, you know, um, we have, uh, you know, we have our guy Sills. He's from uh, West Virginia. He's been just a guy who hung, who's hungry. He's happy to come to work every day. You know, just wanting to get out in the field, wanting to learn. Um, and then we have Malcolm, um, and Malcolm, I think he's from Buffalo. Uh, you know, he's been, he's been, you know, he's he's an elusive pass rusher, and I can't wait to watch him rush. Uh, but the guys are just coming to work every day. You know, they're soaking up the knowledge from from us. They're trying to learn from us, um, and they come in ready to work. Uh, and that, that's all you can ask for. You know, as a rookie, you know, they don't talk much. You know, they're they're willing to work. They're ready to work, and they're hungry. And you can't ask for that much more than from rookies. So there's Solomon Thomas. He pointed out a couple rookies that have stood out to him. One, undrafted free agent Darius Steeles out of West Virginia. He's a guy I've talked about quite a bit. I'm excited about him, and I was supposed to have a guy come on this show and talk about Darius Steeles. We're going to have a good 10 to 15-minute conversation about Steeles in general, and basically he kind of no-showed me, and that's okay. That happens at times. Guys get busy, and so it is what it is, but... I really am excited, intrigued by Darius Steeles. Again, an undrafted free agent, a little undersized to play that you know defensive tackle position in the NFL, but I still think he has an opportunity. And there you heard him talking about Malcolm Koontz. Again, a guy who's a pass rusher who he's excited to watch and see what he can do. Now, you want to temper your expectations because it is OTAs. Even next week. During mandatory minicamp, you've got to temper the expectations until not training camp, but until the regular season, you actually see these guys out there competing. But those are two guys that I do think have an opportunity to be difference makers for the Raiders at some point. Not saying necessarily day one, week one, but at some point, Malcolm Koontz and undrafted free agent Darius Steeles both defensively have an opportunity to play for the Raiders. So I'm excited about that. Uh, also, sticking to the defensive side of the ball, how about defensive back Casey Hayward? There's been a lot of conversation about him by other guys on the team saying he's came in and gave him that veteran presence and helped these guys kind of understand this Gus Bradley defense. Well, he was the question was flipped on him. What did he think about Jonathan Abram? And this is a huge year for Jonathan Abram. So here's Casey Hayward talking about the third year safety for the Raiders, Jonathan Abram. Uh, I think uh, Jonathan, he's a good player. Uh, I think he got potential to be a really great player, especially in this defense. Um, I've seen some really good safeties in this defense uh, that made a lot of plays, some all-pro plays. And I feel like he can do the, you know, do the same thing. I think he got the potential to be really great in this defense. And uh, going into his third year, I think that's where he's going to peak. Um, I see the leadership role he's, you know, taking on, and um, that's what we need. We need uh, some leaders in his secondary and on his defense and, and the team as well. So, uh, like I said, this is my first year, so I see a lot of, you know good similarities to some good defensive players that I've seen in the past, and I think he's doing a great job so far. So good sound right there from Casey Hayward talking about Jonathan Abram, third-year safety for the Raiders. And, I mean, again, this is a big year for him, and he said he's a good player. He has the potential to be a great player. And I think everyone in Raider Nation realizes Jonathan Abram has the potential, the God-given athletic ability to be great, but he's got to put it all together. He's got to make it happen. And, you know, Casey Hayward right there was talking about he's seen some players, some safeties in this defense really, really excel, and he thinks Jonathan Abram could be that guy. But it's up to Abram to pull that out of him. He's got to be the one to go in there and dig deep and find it. So uh, also Casey Hayward was asked about Damon Arnett and Trayvon Mullen, what his thoughts on them were. Uh, watching those guys from last year, they, I think they did a good job, you know, for being young players. Uh, I think Mullen took a, a big step last year, and I know going into year three, I know he want to take another step. Uh, I know he want to be that, that Pro Bowl, All Pro type player. And um, 
from what I've seen for Arnett, he's he's just taking a another another step like mentally. And I know uh, I know last year they didn't have a lot of veteran presence in the uh, secondary. And I think this year with me and Carl coming back, uh, Neville. Uh, we got a lot of uh, veteran presence in here, so I think he's soaking up as much as he can, and he's doing a great job at it. And I think he's going to be really good in this system as well. And I think the sky's the limit for him too. Uh, I think him and Mullins got the sky's the limit for, and um, hopefully we all gel together as a secondary and play some really good ball. So there you go, Casey Hayward right there talking about Damon Arnett, second year defensive back, and of course Trayvon Mullen, third year defensive back for the Raiders. And the thing about it is, you know, you got Arnett, you've got Trayvon Mullen, you've got Casey Hayward, you've got, you know, guys like Amik Robertson, you've got guys like Nate Hobbs, the rookie corner out of Illinois. You got a lot of guys, but you don't have a lot of spots. So one of the biggest questions since Casey Hayward has signed on with the team has been what role is he going to play? Is he going to be outside? Is he going to be inside? Well, here Here's Casey Hayward on that exact thought. I haven't played inside in so long um, since I was in Green Bay, but uh, I mean, I, if, if I was asked, I can do it. Uh, but my role, I feel like my role is, you know, what it, you know, whatever the team asks me to do, if it's from special teams to inside, outside, uh, be a leader, you know, uh, those my, you know, those are things. Whatever they ask me to do, I can do. Um, I've been doing it for a while at a high level, so whatever they ask me, I'm going to do it. So he finished off that statement talking about anything they ask me to do, I'll do. Special teams, inside, outside, it doesn't matter. And that's what a veteran's supposed to do. That's what Casey Hayward has been brought in to do. But from the sounds of it to me, Casey Hayward has his eyes on playing on the outside. Trayvon Mullen, obviously, in my opinion, is going to be playing on the other outside. So where does that leave Damon Arnett? Does that kick him inside to the slot? What does that mean for Amik Robertson? What does that mean for Nate Hobbs? What does that, you know what I mean? So there's a lot of questions, but I think that's great. I think the competition is great. I think with Casey Hayward very much slotted for that that outside corner, that starting outside corner spot, that's going to make Damon Arnett step his game up and work his tail off and not only work, but also be better at technique, be better at staying on the field, be better at keeping his head out of the tackle so he doesn't get a concussion. I think that, as they always say, you know, iron sharpens iron. I think that's a good thing. Uh, again, if Damon Arnett ends up kicking inside and he's able to cover the slot and he's really good at it, great. That's going to make Nate Hobbs even more hungry and wants to get onto the field. So right now, I think the Raiders have a really good problem at the defensive back position. Where do you play these guys? I think that's really, really a good question. I'm, I'm actually, I'm not mad at that at all. It's a good problem to have, right? Absolutely. So there you go. Casey Hayward talking about uh, where he might play, where his position is with the Raiders. Just got a couple more sound bites for you, and it's going to come from the offensive side of the ball. And uh, Kenyon Drake, the running back, he talked to the media, and also John Brown, the wide receiver, talked to the media. I'm just going to give you a couple sound bites from Kenyon Drake, the running back, because there's been conversation about him, especially on the podcast as of late. And again, I'm excited about Kenyon Drake and what he brings to the table. I think him and Josh Jacobs, I could do a whole segment on just those two guys and what they bring to the table on what Kenyon Drake's going to bring. And I think he's going to really do a lot. I mean, as far as being a running back, being in the backfield, not, uh, you know, not really having a starter, not on the field. If Jacobs goes out, Kenyon Drake comes in, you still have a starter. I also believe that he could be effective in the pass game, you know. So Kenyon Drake was asked what he provides as a pass catcher. Um, just trying to create mismatches. Um, when you have uh, a back as myself or any of really of our backs, um, you line up out wide and you have a linebacker or safety that kind of goes out there um, it gives you obviously a coverage indicator 
and with that we just want to take advantage of the mismatches that we feel like we have in the backfield on defenders when they you know match up man to man with us obviously with anybody else um, on our offense man to man we feel like we should be able to win you know a, a good clip of that but especially you know in, in our room we take pride in um, you know the specific routes out the backfield uh, like you said what routes uh, out in, in the empty formation just uh, create mismatches on the defense and having them try to figure out how to defend all the weapons that we have. So there's running back Kenyon Drake talking about what he provides as a pass catcher and didn't really go into great detail about him in general. Talked about all the running backs and really it's basically him and Josh Jacobs is what he's talking about as far as catching the ball in the backfield but uh, talking about lining up and making mismatches and creating mismatches and that's a good thing. And again, I could do a whole segment on Drake and Jacobs and how I think they're going to be a really good one-two combo for the Raiders this year. It's one of the that's one of the storylines that I'm so excited about coming up this year is just to see how those two work in the backfield together. I think it's going to be really really good. And another area of concern for the Raiders obviously in 2020 was red zone, right? They struggled in 2020. So, Kenyon Drake was asked about those struggles in 2020 and what the Raiders or what he feels like uh, the Raiders can do and what he can provide and help provide to uh, to make that red zone offense a lot better. I'm just adding another playmaker uh, that the defense will have to worry about like I said, creating those mismatches out the backfield or lining up out wide. Uh, getting those coverage indicators, you know, whether it's man or zone, um, just being another playmaker, another weapon. Uh, when you have most of the guys to cover on the field, it, it stretches the defense real thin. So you got a guy like Darren Waller, who's obviously a, a, a red zone threat, uh, Henry Ruggs, um, Hunter uh, Renfro, just, you know, B. Edwards, like, just. We have a, a lot of guys, especially everybody in this room, that can create mismatches and come out the backfield. It just, it's almost like a, a you know, pick your poison type of situation. So hopefully we can just execute and uh, you know, let the chips fall where they may in terms of the playmakers making plays when they need to. So there you go. Kenyon Drake sounded pretty confident that the Raiders' offense in the red zone is going to be a lot better than it was in 2020, and it needs to be. You know, they can't set records. They can't let their field goal kicker set records for a franchise as far as points scored, uh, as far as, uh, you know, field goals all the time. You just can't do that. They've got to capitalize with touchdowns. And so another weapon, I'm not mad at that. You got Kenyon Drake. You got Josh Jacobs. You got Hunter Renfro. You got Darren Waller. I mean, you've got multiple women. Brian Edwards, Henry Rose. I mean, there's so many different weapons. You've got to find a way to consistently punch it into the end zone. So I think that they're going to do that. If you want to hear all of these media sessions from Raider players, Solomon Thomas, Casey Hayward, Kenyon Drake, and also John Brown, who I didn't play any sound bites from, but all four of those guys talked to the media on Wednesday. You can go check it out at Raiders.com. They have all that there for you. Uh, I just played the ones that really kind of stood out to me. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about Built Bar. And man, oh man, have I been telling you about Built Bar for a while, right? Nine great flavors occasionally they have that limited time flavor you can go check it out they do have on the way it's not there officially yet but they do have grasshopper cookie on the way so back in the day i don't know if you remember those cookies that were grasshoppers uh they were like kind of like oreo cookies but they were grasshoppers so they were mint it's like that I've actually tried some. I had one today, as a matter of fact. Once I got home from uh, being out of town, being in Cali, me and the wife got to the house. I was like, man, let me go ahead and try one of those Built Bars, those new ones, that, that, uh, that grasshopper cookie. And not bad. Not bad at all. I'm not a big cookie guy, but... 
Grasshopper cookies back in the day were kind of cool. I, I did enjoy those. So, again, it's something to look forward to. It's another one of those flavors. You just got to check out the website, uh, you know, because they always have limited time flavors. Right now they got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. Something for everyone. You can get a mixed box that will give you two of each of the nine flavors, 18 total bars, soft, easy to chew, 100% covered in chocolate. Not only are they good, they're good for you. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15 is going to help you save money and get you a great taste and treat. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15 is going to save you 15% off your order when you check out at BuiltBar.com. Segment number three, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation, segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That is the number. First up, we got Timothy. He's calling in to talk about Julio Jones and who's going to step up now that he's in Tennessee. Talks Kenyon Drake and also impactful rookies. Here he goes, Timothy. Q, what's up, man? It's Timothy again. Just had to circle back and chime in after the fact. So, you know, we see Tennessee got got our boy. He got Julio. Well, not our boy, but you know what I mean. He got Julio. Um, you're my boy. That boy Q. You feel me? <laughs> but no, I'm I'm just you probably hear stuff in the background, man. I'm I'm taking my walk, my daily walk. But uh, yeah, they got Julio, man. Um, uh, you know, so we rolling with what we got. So let's. You know, we need you to take it back to, like, when you, you know, come on, John Brown. Hope you've been drinking that milk, getting your vitamins in, because I know you you kind of brittle, man. But we need you to put that silver and black on this year and, and open some things for us. And, you know, I can still see it, see it working. You know, hopefully Drake Drake comes in the way he was playing with uh, Arizona uh, the year before last. Last year, I didn't really care for what he was doing. But, um, you know, He's still a talented kid, so we're going to see, man. We're going to roll what we got, Q. Um, one other thing I wanted to touch on was who who who's going to be the most impactful rookie? Well, the way where I'm sitting, it should be Alex Leatherwood because we took him in the first round. Because when you, when you look at your board and whoever's at the top of that board, it, it's either what you need or is this, is this guy the difference maker. So it, it don't even matter what we need. But in this case, I feel that it was just me. But when you need something, you need something to be right. You need it to be good. Like when I got, when I needed a new car, I didn't just want to go take the third option. You know what I mean? You want, you want something that's going to be safe for you and your family and, and for the future, you know? So in my book, Leatherwood got to be the most, most impactful. He has to. Um, Obviously, the defense needs an impact, too, so we're looking right at Morris. But, uh, you know, if you're going to take this guy in the first round, to me, in my opinion, he should be the most impactful for your team and what you're trying to do moving forward and, and today and tomorrow. You know what I mean? So, yeah, let's go Raiders. There he goes, Timothy. Thanks for the call, my man. Definitely appreciate you. And, yeah, the young guys now, they're going to have to step up in a major way. There's no Julio. He's a Titan, and that's fine. You know, I'm not convinced about John Brown. I'm just not. And and I've said that, and I'm very vocal about that, and I'm okay. If he turns out to be really good, I'll be the first one to say, hey, man, just like Nelson Aguilar, I was wrong. But I'm just not convinced that John Brown's going to be that guy. Maybe Willie Sneed could be that dude. We'll see. But 
as far as I'm concerned, really the rookies. I mean, not the rookies, but the young dudes. You know, the Brian Edwards, the Henry Ruggs, Hunter Renfro even. It's got to step up a little bit more than he did in 2020, and I think he's been doing a really, really good job. But all these young guys really are going to have to take that next step. Now, as far as impactful rookies, I still roll with, I think Leatherwood, he can have a good season and still end up being second to Trayvon Merrick. I just think that Merrick will have the more opportunity to be the more impactful player because as a starter and that back end, he's going to have opportunities to make plays. And we all know that the Raiders, if they are going to take that next step and be in a really good team, that defense is going to have to make plays, including creating turnovers. And I think that's where Merrick is going to get the edge over Leatherwood. Regardless, if we don't talk about Leatherwood, that's a good thing. That means he's been playing really, really well. If we talk about Merrick, we're talking about him in a major way as far as he's creating turnovers, you know, or He's thinking it up on the back end. I just don't think that's going to happen. So that's why I'm rolling with Merrick, but I understand what you're saying as far as Leatherwood goes. Thank you so much for that call. Next up, I got a text from Pablo out of Baltimore. He says, Q, what game are we going to this year? Or even a massive tailgate. I got my ticket purchased for the Ravens game, but tickets are crazy expensive. Raider Nation, what's good for the Ravens game? That's Pablo out of Baltimore, Maryland. And I'm glad you asked that question. Me personally, I'm working on a whole lot of things, so I couldn't tell you where I'm going to be in Vegas or when I'm going to be in Vegas or how I'm going to get to Vegas. I just know, and I can tell you right now, I got a lot of things I'm working on behind the scenes. Now, I know Selena, who has organized, you know, and helped organize uh, the first major uh, tailgate that we had at the Oakland Coliseum, that last game uh, of the of the Coliseum existence, you know, that Jacksonville Jaguars game, I believe it was what, November 15th, 2019? I think that was the date. Either way you look at it, it was in November, late November in 2019, and we had a great turnout. It was a great tailgate party uh she's working on some things you know and matter of fact i'll get the information and i'll bring it to you on tomorrow's show on friday's show i'll get you the current information and uh, we'll go from there but uh, i know that there's some things in the pressure cooker going on and i also got some things in the pressure cooker going on and when i have a better idea of what i got going on is when i have a better idea of what we could possibly do or i could be a part of possibly moving forward so uh stay in line pablo keep you know and not and i don't mean that like disrespectfully i just mean like hey just keep on listening and uh, at some point we'll get you updated but that's going to be a first game of the season that baltimore game is going to be fun monday night football that's going to be amazing so definitely excited about that uh, appreciate you hitting us up uh next up is a call from cisco in the 661 he's calling to talk about julio jones the trade and what he thinks that that means here he is cisco in the 661 what's up q raider nation it's your boy, Cisco, in the 661. I uh, just want to call and give my feedback on the Julio Jones trade. And um, for us, I kind of see it as a blessing in disguise. You know, we all know where the Las Vegas Gruden, he runs that organization at this point. And um, if he didn't feel comfortable with Ruggs and Edwards and where, how they're developing, you know, just like last year when we got Antonio Brown, he would have had no problem trading those picks for uh, Julio Jones. They would have made it work with the money. But it's a good sign that they didn't make that move. I think the Raiders feel comfortable with what they're seeing from Ruggs and Edwards and just our, our group of receivers, and they didn't panic. They didn't feel like we had to pay that much money, give up that capital for a player like Julio Jones. I think he would have been great for our team. But it's a bit reassuring knowing that they didn't have to make moves to go get him. And, um, you know, as one of the other callers called, I think a big – thing that could help us for to make a consistent playoff run is our it all comes down to our line if tom cable could keep our line playing at a high level i think that's going to be our biggest key on making the playoffs it's going to help the running game it's going to help that passing game and um 
you know, if it works, Tom Cable is going to get a huge bonus. If our line plays bad, I could see the Raiders, the Raiders letting him go. He'll be that scapegoat. But I think that's going to be our biggest key to make the playoffs this year is that offensive line and also the defensive line. we got to create more pressure. Um, so, yeah, if our O-line and D-line could play at a high level, I'm pretty sure we could make the playoffs. Um, that's the expectation. That's the bar. And hopefully the Raiders could execute this time and not fade away down the season. Thank you, guys. Take care of your families. Have a great weekend. Just win, baby. Cisco, thanks for the call. And, yeah, I mean, I think they showed the ultimate trust in the young dudes. You know, they got to go out there and get it done. They got to prove it. They got the athletic ability. We know that. Edwards is a beast. He could be such a nasty, nasty beast. I'm excited about him. I'm excited about Ruggs, but I'm excited about the potential of Edwards. I just want to see him stay on the field. The little small glimpses we saw in 2020, when that dude catches the ball, he runs violent. You know what I mean? To me, and this is funny, uh, let me go ahead and transition to basketball. One of my favorite players to watch in the, in the NBA is Russell Westbrook. And it's not because he's the best player in the league. It's not because he's the guy that's going to lead you to you know the playoffs and, and, and deep into the playoffs and, and win a ring every year. He's not that guy. But that dude gives you everything he's got every single time he's on the court. And, is, you know, he just puts it all out there. That's the feeling I get from Brian Edwards. He's going to put everything he's got out there on the field every single time he's out there. And every time he has the ball in his hand, he's going to try to make everything happen. The biggest question with him is he's got to stay healthy. If he stays healthy, the Raiders got them a steal. If he can't stay healthy, well, then it's just the same old song and dance. Just can't stay healthy. But that's a guy I'm very, very excited about. So thank you so much for that call, Cisco. Definitely appreciate you. Uh, one more text, and that's going to come from Raider Woodrow from the 707. What's up, Q? It's Raider Woodrow from the 707. Say it backwards. Ha, 707 both ways. You get that? LOL. Just want to speak on the Julio Jones situation and how you were hung up on the second round pick being too much and took too long to get on board. In the past 10 drafts, we've had three decent players. Those players being Carr, Wisniewski, and Mullen. Jury's still out on Merrick. I don't see why you would have a problem with trading a gamble for a proven commodity. That's from Raider Woodrow from the 707. And you're right, Woodrow. I was late. I was late to the party. I appreciate the text, first of all. But I was late to the party. You're right. I just thought that a second was too high for the 32-year-old, and, and I just really, the, that first-round pick, that second-round pick, that's just like precious cargo to me. You know, when you see that sign in the back of the car when you're driving on the highway and it says pressure, precious cargo is on board and you got to be careful? Like, first-round picks and second-round picks are major. So I don't want to see the Raiders just kind of, you know, throw them away or just give them away for a player that's 32 years old, has a high contract, and is going to ask for more money. But... You know, the more I thought about it, especially after talking to Brentley Wiseman and then sitting over there over the weekend, I was thinking, man, you know what? If this dude stretches the field like he said he wanted a big-arm quarterback to throw the ball deep, if he stretches the field and Henry Ruggs can run underneath, that's what really got me excited. Me thinking about what Henry Ruggs could do got me excited about Julio Jones, if that makes sense. Thinking Jones was going to go deep and Henry Ruggs was going to do all the dirty work underneath I think that, that was going to be dynamic. But, of course, it just didn't shake out that way. Now he's a member of the Tennessee Titans. But that was my fault for getting to the party late. But at least I can admit it. At least I can admit and say, hey, I was a third and a fifth round guy. And then over the weekend, I decided a second and a fourth was okay. And, well, it was too late. You study long, you study wrong. That's what they say, right? So I, I have no problem saying I made that mistake. But thank you so much for that text. Appreciate you. Uh, final call. I do got one quick call. Greg from Montana, he's calling to talk about Julio Jones and has a request that the Raiders would make a strategic move with Darren Waller. Here he is, Greg from Montana. Thank you. This is Greg from Montana again. 
I'm not too upset about not getting Julio. The only thing I wish is that the Raiders would start using Waller at the X. I think he's just as talented. I mean, certain drawbacks, but because he's the tight end, not Julio, but still big, physical, and demanding. Like, too much for a corner, too much for a safety. And also, I'm so tired of seeing him run those three-yard outs, like taking shots to the lower and lower limbs, his knees. I don't know. I would like to see Foster Monroe on the field a lot more, too. Other than that, uh, congratulations on your kid graduating. Drop his name so we can follow him at Western Oregon. Um, other than that, I'm out. There he goes, Greg from Montana. Appreciate the call, my man. And uh, first of all, little Q, he's uh, Keon Myers Jr. You can follow him on Twitter at Keon Myers 2. That's at Q-I-A-N-T Myers, M-Y-E-R-S 2 on Twitter. Uh, so, yeah, you can definitely follow him on, on his journey to Western Oregon. Very uh, proud of that young man. And thanks for, uh, you know, reaching out about him. And it's funny, you know, talking about him and his name and shouting him out. It's so funny when he graduated little side story here when he graduated this dude's been at the school for four years he won male athlete of the year awards of course it's i mean he's he's kind of a big deal right so you would think that his name is not a big deal also it's fresno california there were so many names that these uh you know principals or or assistants were were calling out while they were getting their diplomas that were way more difficult than keon myers when they got to him they still called him quint He's been playing ball for them for four years, been dominating for four years for him, and they still got his name wrong. And that's why your name ends up becoming Q when your name Keont. <laughs> Just simple as that, because even though you've been around for four years, when you see that name on paper, you just stuck, you get stuck and you just pause like, I don't know how to say it. So that's how I became Q and that's how he became Q. And that's why he's going to be Q regardless. And I know my mom doesn't like it because she spent a lot of time uh, trying to come up with my name and it's a great name. Don't get me wrong. Love my name. But there's a reason why we all go by Q. Because everyone gets our name wrong. <laughs> Christopher Gabriel from 940 ESPN, who actually in Fresno is not there anymore. He's at the uh, news talk station in Fresno now. Uh, he's the only one, anytime I would do a radio interview, that would call me by my name, which is Keon Myers. He would say, oh, we got Keon Myers on here talking Raiders. I mean, that, he was the only person that actually really went out of his way to try to say my name and make sure he got it correct. So, yeah. Anyway, that's a little side story about, uh, about my son, Little Q. So I appreciate you asking. Also, as far as uh, Waller goes, I feel like, you know, he's going to be used so much, you don't have to worry about uh, him getting looks. He's going to be a guy that's going to be lining up all over the field. Of course, John Gruden knows that that's the X factor. That's the guy. I understand where you're saying, you know, line him up in, in this certain position and that certain position, but wherever Waller's on the field, he's the dude. Foster Moreau's going to get a lot more looks this year. Henry Ruggs is going to get a lot more attention. Brian Edwards, if stays healthy, he's going to get a lot more attention. So it should be very interesting, my man, but I definitely appreciate your call. And that's all I got time for on today's show. Uh, thank you, Raider Nation. I appreciate all the love for my son. A lot of people hit me up on Twitter congratulating uh, him on graduating and, and going on to the next level, heading to Western Oregon. Very excited about his opportunity once he gets there uh, to play some hoops and continue to do what he loves to do. So, uh, thank you for that. Uh, appreciate everyone who uh, wished me some safe travels as well. I'm back in Texas. I'm back in the home studios. Uh, I'm back. I'm back, baby. <laughs> and uh, better than ever. So that's what it is. Appreciate you. Uh, until tomorrow, we'll have more uh, news and notes of the day. We'll have more calls and texts throughout that Locked on Raider podcast voicemail line. 707-654-4693 is a number. Also, I should be on Vinny Bonsignor's show uh, later on this evening. I believe 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. They're going to have me on talking Raiders 
here is on Raider Nation Radio 920, so you can check that out as well. And if there's some good stuff from that, I might put it on Friday's show uh, on top of that. So anyway, uh, that's what it is. Uh, We'll talk again tomorrow. Appreciate you. Stay safe. Take care of your family. And most importantly, as always, just win, baby.